Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Creative Elixir. My name is Rose Stardust, and I'm your host. I'm here to inspire you to be more creative or to be creative at all, to be you and to step into your power. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you listen to the past episodes, wonderful. And if you're just joining us for the first time today, here's a little recap. I'm an artist and I'm a graphic designer and a maker. I love to paint. I love to illustrate. I love to sculpt. I love to talk to people and motivate them. And I strongly believe that everybody is creative. Everybody has an artist hidden inside. Some of us, unfortunately, have forgotten or have given up any creative pursuits because life happened. Or when we were younger, somebody told us we weren't creative or we weren't good enough or we couldn't make money from it. And we abandoned our pursuits or our desires to be creative. My mission on this earth is to help people to overcome whatever has stopped them from being creative or whatever is stopping them currently from being creative again. Why? Because everybody deserves to feel fulfilled and feel happy. And everybody who cannot feel creative or can't get that creativity out will feel like there is a hole in them. And that hole, people fill with drugs, alcohol, shopping, and often people are depressed or anxious on this planet. I just want to do my part to talk you into being creative or help you talk to others and um, make them more creative. I'm not going to force anyone, obviously. So clearly, if you're here listening to this podcast, you want to be creative or more creative. And I'm so happy you found me. I just want to inspire you and um, give you an option that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make money from your creativity, but you can just be creative to help yourself to feel better, just to feel more fulfilled, happier, full of joy. So if you're here today for the first time, as I said, welcome. Um, With open arms, I welcome you. And today we're going to talk about what? Actually, today we're going to do a bit of a variety show. That's why I opened up that way. I was thinking, okay, what do I do? What do I do for the podcast for um, Tuesday this week? And I couldn't quite come up with one subject that I wanted to focus on. Okay, so reeling back, honestly, I'm a creative person. If you're a creatively inclined person, you know how hard it is to focus sometimes. You know how hard it is to just come up with something to do. And this podcast is helping me focus some of my creative inclinations into one channel. That being said, I don't know if I can come up with something super exciting every episode without 
repeating myself constantly. I don't want to bore the listeners who have been with us every week. And I thought to myself, okay, what would I like to hear? What would I listen to that would make me happy and get me inspired? So I wanted to make it kind of like a radio show, a bit more of a variety show. And yeah, bear with me while I tell you a bunch of things, I guess. So just to give you a lowdown, so you know if you want to stick with us this episode, I'm going to have a theme. The theme is fear, courage, and luck. To make sure that we're not all over the place and I'm not boring you. When I say we... Who do I refer to? I refer to me and you, the listener, and my imaginary friends, apparently, because I actually make this podcast all by myself. I am my own sponsor, so to speak, because I have to dish out for all the costs of making the podcast and I don't get any money back. So I am starting. uh, I know we are the tiniest little community right now. I want to grow it. In order to grow it, I'm going to probably have to hire an editor to be able to do this. I'm going to need more money because, you know, everything costs money. Right now, my expenses for the podcast are about $150 a month, and it is also costing me in time and effort, which is fine. I want to do this, and I'm not in it to make money, but if I make money from it, it will be fantastic. So if you feel grateful, I'm going to put a link to my buy me a coffee account in the show notes, and I will have it on my Instagram as well. I would be super grateful if you wanted to tip me for inspiring you if I have inspired you, obviously. So if you feel inclined to give back and you felt inspired please do. And if not, you could also help by subscribing to the podcast or just leaving a review and subscribing. Please do subscribe. Go follow us on Instagram at the creative elixir. My personal Instagram account is bruharia underscore studios. My name once again is Rose Stardust. And I hope We can connect outside of this so I can meet the people who have been listening to the podcast. There's just a handful of you right now. And once again, thank you. Thank you for coming back every week and listening to me ramble on about stuff that perhaps you didn't necessarily need to know, but maybe it will inspire you. So this week, courage, fear, and luck. The first thing I want to get into is a little inspiring quote by a man called Morris Goodman. Some of you may have heard of Morris. I only found out about him through another book. And he is actually known as the Miracle Man. He got in an accident and he was actually quite successful. He bought his own plane and got his pilot uh, license and he was flying his plane and got in an accident and his life changed differently because he had already changed his life once 
he had read the um, How to Think and Grow Rich book by Napoleon oh, Dynamite, I wanted to say, but no, not Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, Napoleon Hill. Yes, that's his name, Napoleon Hill. I had to actually get up and look at the book. It's one of the most famous books about the law of attraction and how you, if you put your mind to it, you can do anything, right? It's got a good and a bad reputation. If you look it up, it's got really stellar reviews from people who have put it to good use, as well as just people condemning it forever. Just kind of like the book, The Secret. <laughs> and here is my two cents. I wanted to read both those books because I kept hearing about them and I wanted to know what everybody was finding so useful. And, you know, I took some of it with a grain of salt because we don't live in the old world where Napoleon Hill lived. <laughs> Not Napoleon Dynamite, Jesus, I keep wanting to say it. So that is why I read it and I liked it anyway. So this guy, Morris Goodman, read How to Think and Grow Rich. And then he changed his life because he followed the instructions in that book. Then something horrible happened to him. So I'm going to read you a little excerpt. My story begins on March 10th, 1981. This day really changed my whole life. It was a day I'll never forget. I crashed an airplane. I ended up in the hospital completely paralyzed. My spinal cord was crushed. I broke the first and second cervical vertebrae. My swallowing reflex was destroyed. I could not eat or drink. My diaphragm was destroyed. I couldn't breathe. All I could do was blink my eyes. The doctors, of course, said I'd be a vegetable for the rest of my life. And I'd be able to, all I'd be able to do is blink my eyes. That's the picture they saw of me, but it didn't matter what they thought. The main thing was what I thought. I pictured myself being a normal person again, walking out of that hospital. The only thing I had to work with in the hospital was my mind. And once you have your mind, you can put things back together again. I was hooked to a respirator and they said, I'd never breathe on my own again because my diaphragm was destroyed. But a little voice kept saying to me, breathe deeply, breathe deeply. And finally, I was weaned from it, the respirator. They were at a loss for an explanation. I could not afford to allow anything to come into my mind that would distract me from my goal or from my vision. I had set a goal to walk out of the hospital on Christmas, and I did. I walked out of the hospital on my own two feet. They said it couldn't be done. That's a day I'll never forget. For people who are sitting out there right now and are hurting, if I wanted to sum up my life and sum up for the people what they can do in life, I would sum it up in six words. Man becomes what he thinks about. It's quite a powerful little excerpt, and it is definitely a testament to 
the power of the human brain, the human mind. This is not a new thought. This is not a new idea. I mean, this man is 75, I think, right now. And this accident happened 40 years ago. So this is not a new thought even to that day. Or it wasn't a new thought when Napoleon Hill wrote about it in whenever, I guess, um, I want to say like in the 60s. I could be wrong. I haven't looked it up. So feel free to correct me. The book is like sitting on my bookshelf. So you become what you think about. Think about that for a second. Let it just like really sink in and find its way through your brain down into your heart. If you could just believe for a second what this man says and what this old idea says, would you have a lot of hope? Like, would you all of a sudden feel really hopeful about what could be? You would, right? And hope is that magic fuse that needs to be lit so that your fire can really burn. Your internal fire, the spark that you know is there, but it's just kind of, you know, flickering. Not always does it turn into a flame. Sometimes it does just catches fire a little bit. But hope is definitely one of those things that is required. And hope and belief just go hand in hand, right? If we lose hope, we obviously get super depressed or we get anxiety. If we lose our belief, we get in ruts that then we need to climb right out of. And you are human, right? So you go through ups and downs and waves and crappy things happening to you and you develop what are fear responses that is also superhuman. Like you touch the hot stove as a kid, you burn, which probably all of us have done, and then you're careful with the hot stove. But don't let it turn into a fear so that you're never using the stove to cook your meals, right? Like as if... like. if you were so afraid of the stove that you always ate raw food from there on, would be unreasonable. So that's how I think about the fear response is it's something healthy to a certain point, but it does need to be controlled. You can't let it grow into something that consumes you and your ability to break out and live your best life. I wonder if Morris actually broke out and maybe flew a plane again. I I don't know. We should look it up and find out. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. But the human mind is incredible. We all know this. We are all capable of so much more than we have been conditioned to believe. So that's your inspiration for the day. Think about it. You're not paralyzed. You weren't in a plane accident, probably. 
you are probably able-bodied and you're probably able-minded. So what is stopping you from going and getting what you need, what you want? I know what's stopping me. I have a lot of resistance to doing things. I have a lot of fear of just starting things and stopping again because that's what I've been doing my whole life. But it doesn't, I mean, that fear doesn't stop me, right? It stops me for a while and then eventually I build up the courage to be able to overcome it and do it. The biggest fear I think creatives experience is failure. Well, you can't fail if you don't try, right? So we just don't try. But you also can't win if you don't try. You also can't do something super amazing if you don't try. And then one day you'll wake up and you'll be just over the hill and looking backwards and seeing that taking those risks take not taking those risks didn't pay anything it's like taking educated risks right i'm not saying go jump off of a hill or a cliff i guess i'm not saying go gamble away everything you have what i'm saying is you know maybe put 10% of your money onto a stock instead of gambling it like there's a difference right if you are taking your whole life savings and putting them all in into a poker game, that's a horrible risk to take, a horrible idea. If you are seeing, okay, this thing is going to be big, I'm going to take 10% of my savings, if you have savings, or 10% of my next paycheck, and I'm going to put it invested into this thing that I think might make me tenfold. That's being courageous and then there's luck what is luck i've been told two things very repeatedly my whole life about how i've lived my life and where i got to from where i started i'm like again the peaks and the valleys i've been told i'm brave indicating that I had exceptional courage to take risks that most people my age, my gender, my socioeconomic status would not take. And I've been told I'm lucky because when I took those risks, they either paid off or I was presented with opportunities sometimes without taking risks because I put my neck out a little differently than everybody else. Like when I wanted to go into university, go to university in Canada or the United States, in my home country and in my school, everybody told me that it probably wasn't possible. My f- parents were not wealthy enough to pay. I wasn't academically stellar enough to get a scholarship. And they didn't just accept anyone to foreign universities. But I thought, okay, well, they're talking about like Harvard. They're talking about MIT, Caltech. 
what if I didn't go to one of those schools? Because do I really want to go to Harvard? Honestly, no, I didn't. I'm just not competitive enough or it's just not in me to thrive in an environment like Stanford or Yale or Harvard. It's just not in me. I don't fall in with that crowd. And I knew that. I'm an artist. I want to do artsy things. I want to go to school and I want it to be easy. I wanted to feel good. I want to be happy. Did I make mistakes? Could I have done it better? Of course. But that was the old me. And I can only look back and judge her on what she's done. And you do this to yourselves too. And if you don't, you should. You look back and judge yourself and learn from it. If you look back and you're blaming everybody else and everything else for everything that happened to you, then you're probably doing it wrong. So there's a lesson there. So I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to apply to a school that for sure will think I am the right fit. And I did. And I got in. And I begged and pleaded, asked, called, like I called people that owed me nothing that I knew had money. And I was like, here, I got into this school. I can't go unless I get money. And you know what? Somehow the money got put together. I got a bit of a scholarship from the school and I came to Canada. It seemed improbable at the time, but it wasn't. Here I am, 21 years. Oh, geez. It's been almost 21 years. I was 18 when I moved to Canada. So I am 39. You don't have to do the math. And I made it. I made it here. And then there were other hurdles. And I made it through them one way or another, easy or difficult. I made it through them because I had the courage to say, no, life, you're throwing me this curveball, but I am going to spin it around and make it a strike. If it's not a strike, I'm going to at least knock down two pins. That's like bowling reference, really. I I don't even like bowling. I know, I'm weird. So that's where it's at. You have to take risks to have some gain, but you have to take risks that are not completely going to ruin your life if they go wrong. So take my advice with a grain of salt. Always use your brain and your logic. I'm not saying to go put all your money, all your efforts, all your eggs in the one basket and then ruin your life. Don't do that. But take risks and look for opportunities. So luck Yeah, everybody said, oh, you went to boarding school, you got a full scholarship. How lucky they found you. You went to university and got a scholarship. How lucky. I made that luck. I looked for opportunities. I didn't just say, oh, it's impossible or it's improbable. I'm not going to do it. People still try and put that kind of stuff on me. People try and put that stuff on themselves. And I constantly, daily try and talk people out of not giving themselves any chance to make anything different happen in their lives. It saddens me when I see people that are afraid to friggin' pick up watercolors because they want to try it, but they think they're going to be horrible at it. It's watercolors, people. Like, pick it up, try it. You don't like it. 
give it away. Now, if it's your last money and you're not going to be able to eat for a month if you buy the watercolors, please eat first. But if your basic needs are met, if your rent is paid, if your medical bills are paid, whatever, then just try something new. It's okay. Like seriously, risks like that are not even worthy of our discussing. But I know so many people are so afraid to take even the smallest risks. And if you don't take risks or if you don't explore opportunities, you're not going to have luck find you. One in a zillion, one in a billion, I love saying zillion, people will, you know, win the lottery or they'll get an inheritance. But these are things that are so rare that if you count on something like that happening, you're never going to have the success or the life you dreamed of. So you need to think about, okay, that's probably not probable. (laughs) Probably not probable. That is not going to happen unless some miracle happens. But what could happen? I could stop saying, I can't write and just write a poem. I could stop saying, I can't draw and just practice drawing every day. If it's what you want to do, just saying you can't doesn't then let you off the hook. So luck can be created. So a little homework for you. There is, I think it's about 45 minutes, documentary by Darren Brown, the British mentalist. I think he's British, so don't hate me if I'm wrong. It's called The Secret of Luck. I'm just going to read the excerpt I found on Google. It might be from Wikipedia. Darren investigates what makes some people lucky and others attract only misfortune. This episode takes the form of a documentary fronted by Don Porter, who acts as Darren's secret agent. And this time, the subject of the experiment is an entire town. Together, Don and Darren plant a rumor about the lucky powers of a local statue and watch as it changes the lives of the residents. It's really cool. That's really fun. I loved watching it. This was a long time ago that it was released. Um, 10 years ago, November 11, 2011, when it aired. So it's a decade ago. But I think it's just as relevant today. It's relevant always. It's been so relevant that thousands of years, somebody came up with the words abracadabra. I become what I speak. Not just words to for illusionists to trick spy. It's because what you put out into the world, what you invite into your life, changes your fortunes. I know we talked about manifesting a few episodes, but I just want to keep stressing that You are the only thing in your own way in most cases. And even in tragic circumstances where there are horrible things that happen to people like the gentleman Morris Goodman that we just talked about, you can change the course of your life 
by simply believing, putting your mind to something and doing the things that will make it happen. So watch the Darren Brown, the experiments. So it was a TV show. This was season one. And the secret of luck is episode four. It is on YouTube. I will put a link to the episode into the show notes. And of course, under the post for this episode in on Instagram. Why do I always want to see in Instagram? It doesn't even make any sense. That's because I'm 39. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> I'm getting old. So yeah, luck. Invite it into your life. Expect lucky things to happen. Expect to win. Expect to thrive, expect to be happy, and see what happens. Isn't it better than wallowing in worry and anxiety? Expecting good things feels so good. Just the anticipation feels so good. So do it. All right. So with that, let's talk about what risks to take, what to be courageous about, why you want to be lucky. It all comes down to following your heart. It all comes down to seeing what's inside of you, what makes you happy, and following that. If you are following the wrong thing, you're probably going to get exceptional levels of anxiety. I know I do. Every time I veer off from the path or stall myself, procrastinate too much, get in my own way, or do something that I wasn't supposed to do, I get anxiety. It's not the same thing as fear. Fear and anxiety feel different to me. Fear is sometimes mixed with excitement. Anxiety is just the inability to move inability to do something without feeling absolutely horrible or just feeling absolutely horrible without doing anything. Those of you who experience anxiety at all know exactly what I'm talking about. So listen to the anxiety and see what it's trying to tell you. Just like you should listen to the fear and do what it, uh, not do what it tells you, but see what it's trying to tell you. Is it trying to say, okay, there's a risk and it should be taken, or there's a risk and it's too much of a risk? Don't take unnecessary risks. Don't put your life in danger. These are just common knowledge, common sense. Not everybody has it, apparently. <laughs> That's what everybody says. Okay. So following your heart, on that note, my, I want to talk about one of my favorite books that I've ever re read. I'm sure I mentioned it already, but I'm going to mention it again. And I'm going to probably keep mentioning it all the time because it's one of the best books ever written, in my opinion. And it's such a quick little read. And it's so uplifting. It's so inspiring. You must, you must read it if you haven't already. It's called The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. 
I read it when I was, I want to say like 14. I read it in Turkish and it was eye-opening. Now, Paula Coelho writes essentially with the wisdom that he wants to pass on to help people to live better lives. And I just love that. Why? Because this is why I make the podcast, right? Like, this is why I tell everyone to be creative, follow their hearts, don't stop dreaming. Because even if you don't reach those stars, even if you don't make your dreams come true, you are on the right path and it feels good. Why live lives that feel horrible all the time? So the alchemist The alchemist follows the journey of an Andalusian shepherd boy believing a recurring dream to be prophetic. He asks a gypsy fortune teller in the nearby town about its meaning. The woman interprets the dream as a prophecy telling the boy that he will discover a treasure at the Egyptian pyramids. And a journey ensues. And he meets a variety of people, including, you guessed it, an alchemist, and learns about his true self, learns about what he really wants. And it's more about the journey than the destination, let's just say. It's extremely inspiring. And according to the New York Times, it's more self-help than literature. I don't disagree, but I don't see why literature can't have the lessons and wisdom buried in it to help us. That's the general idea behind storytelling anyways, right? Disclaimer, I read that first little The Alchemist Follows the Journey part from Wikipedia, just so you know. So storytelling has the aim to pass on wisdom, right? It wants to give a lesson. It wants to tell us something we need to know, but does it in a way that we'll understand, that we will remember. That's what humans have been doing for, oh, thousands of years? No, probably more. Like as soon as we could either draw pictures on cave walls or we could tell each other stories, we started to tell stories one way or another. We started to tell on what we've learned what we've figured out and that's why we respond to it it's in us within that the alchemist i think is so well loved and known and has inspired so many people because it strikes a chord of going after your dreams and finding your authentic self and going on a journey or just treating life as a journey and taking some risks and getting a little bit outside of your comfort zone to discover what's there. It might lead you right back or it might lead you far away, but you will never know if you don't try. A couple of quotes from the book I'd like to share with you because 
if you haven't read it, I want you to be inspired and like go and read it. Get it out of the library. If not, just buy a copy because I think if you like the quotes, you will probably like the book and will want to keep it or at least pass it on to someone else. And if you have read the book, I find it always inspiring to go back and read some of these quotes. I actually bought a book called Life and their selected quotations by Paulo Coelho because I've read a lot of his books and I just love to remind myself of the little teachings inside. So let's start at the beginning. Because one of the most important things to me is continuing to dream, not giving up on our dreams, not getting so sucked in by reality and life as it is that we lose all hopes for our future. The closer you get to your dream, the more your personal legend becomes your real reason for living. That's from The Alchemist. Only one thing makes a dream impossible. The fear of failure. A search always starts with beginner's luck and ends with the test of the conqueror. I want to explain this more. I think what he's talking about here is luck, beginner's luck. Like you actually have to have something happen to give you that hope to know that there's something out there that you can reach, you can dream of. The test of the conqueror usually is like what I always um, tell my friends. It's like leveling up. To level up, to go to the next level in your life, you need to have some growing pains. You need to solve a puzzle, do something, take a risk. And that's how it gets you somewhere else, right? So that's the test of the conqueror. Let's see what other quotes I'd like to share. It is precisely the possibility of realizing a dream that makes life interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Your heart is where your treasure is and you must find your treasure in order to make sense of everything. This is actually really interesting uh, because I've been reading in a lot of places where when you plan to do something big or you have this like goal, you shouldn't always tell everyone about it because it gives you this feeling of false achievement and then you might not actually pursue it. If you go around promising what you do not yet have, you will lose the will to achieve it. That's from The Alchemist. So I guess Paulo Coelho told me that when I was 14 and I keep forgetting it. <laughs> the simple things are also the most extraordinary things and only the wise can see them. If these quotes yet have not convinced you that this is one of the best things out there, best things to read out there, I don't know what will. Trying to find one last quote. Let's see. I'm just going to open to a random page. There's no alchemist quote on there. 
Let's see. Ooh, lots of Valkyries. Hmm. Okay, this is the last one from the alchemist. Everyone on the face of the earth has a treasure that lies waiting for them. All right, guys, go and get a copy of The Alchemist and read it. If you already have it, reread it. It's always fantastic. Now that we talked about gypsies and oracles, let's do a tarot reading, shall we? I want to pull three cards for you. I'm going to shuffle. There was another card. I lost it. No, <laughs> I'm going to shuffle for you. Can you hear me shuffle? All right. <laughs> so I already have shuffled. So we're going to cut. And then we're going to pick three cards. Sweet. Okay. So we're going to talk about these three cards. And... It's kind of like a horoscope. Obviously, it's not going to apply to all of you. The reason I like to do tarot readings for myself is I find them motivational. You see what you need to see in them. Or sometimes you see a lesson or an answer that was already within you, just like the alchemist. And you will find that, you know, that's the answer you needed in that time. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> One card was in between the books, so I have to reshuffle and re-pull. Darn it. We can't do it properly if we were missing a card. Am I rambling too much? I hope not. Oh, wow. Okay, everyone. How could we deny that these are like the best cards in the whole deck? Okay, so a three-card reading. Let's see which one we're going to... We'll do a three-card reading. Instead of doing like the past, future, or the past, present, and future, I want to do a different one. So we're going to do money, career, and love. So the first card I pulled will be about money. The second one will be about career. And the third one will be about love. So you can take what you want from it. So the first card I pulled is one of my favorite cards, obviously, the Queen of Wands. She sits on her throne. She's holding a sunflower. She's holding a wand, which I always Think of like a magic wand or a brush or something to create with. Her throne has lions behind her and sunflower, sunflowers engraved on it or painted on it. And there's two lions as the legs. And in front of the queen is a black cat. The queen is wearing a yellow dress, a yellow crown. And behind her is what appears to be pyramids. That's funny. We were just talking about the alchemist. So the Queen of Wands, let's read about the Queen of Wands. Okay, so my favorite two books are by the same author, Liz Dean. If you are interested in learning how to read tarot or do it for yourself uh, for motivation and inspiration, I would recommend The Ultimate Guide to Tarot 
by Liz Dean. And the second book, which is what I'm using right now to read you about the meanings of these cards, is Understanding Tarot. Liz Dean does a great job of distilling it down to its bare bones and breaking it down so that everybody can learn it both visually and logically. I just love using her books and I keep going back into them every time I draw cards, even though I kind of know what they mean now, I still like to uh, use her uh, book, especially The Ultimate Guide to Tarot. If you're going to buy just one book about tarot, that's the book to buy. I also have the deck that is used in the book, which is the Radiant Raider Weight, which is a lovely, colorful and very classic tarot deck. And it has all the symbology that it refers to or all other decks really refer to. So I think it's a great first deck to start with. Queen of Wands. So this is about money, we said, right? So this queen has a magic wand to ensure she gets her way. Sociable, forward-looking, and nurturing, the Queen of Wands reveals a woman who is in touch with her needs and ambitions. As a situation, she represents leadership, communication, and creative pursuits, such as acting and writing. As advice, you are asked to speak your truth. I'm not going to go into the reverse meanings. I don't do reverse readings unless they came up reverse. Nothing came up reverse this time anyway. So so about money, I think the Queen of Wands really means that if you want to make money, you're going to have to go after those creative pursuits. If you want to make more money, use your creative mind and use your magic wand to make something that will possibly bring you passive income. <laughs> you like that? Sell a painting or make prints of a painting or make greeting cards of a painting. This is my interpretation for you today. The second card I pulled about the career is the sun, which is like the most auspicious card in the deck. I love the sun or one of them anyway. So we're going to go to the major arcana in our book and I am going to find the sun. I'm sorry. I should have maybe pulled the cards before, shouldn't I have? Sun is the 19th card. Okay, the sun. Beautiful. There's a baby toddler person sitting on a white horse. She or he is wearing, or they are wearing flower crown of yellow flowers. There's sunflowers in the back top of a wall. And there's a big red flag just waving in the summer breeze. And there's a huge sun shining upon everything that we see. Like the two preceding cosmic cards, the moon and the star, the sun holds powerful energy. Here, this is joy, success, and rejuvenation. The depiction of a son and child or children on early and contemporary tarots instantly communicates a radiant optimism. The sun's life-giving warmth initiates renewal and growth after the dark night of the moon. And the guidance of the star 
we see the light. We arrive at an ideal destination, an earthly paradise in which we find protection and freedom. It's amazing, right? There's absolutely um, nothing bad about this card if we apply it to a career meaning about a career, I think it signals that there is something amazing to come if you put your energy in the right place, that you shouldn't be afraid to take some small risks, calculated risks to advance what you want in life. And it's all auspicious. It's wonderful. Whatever your heart desires, as long as it is a good thing, not just for you, but others. As long as you're not going to hurt anyone by taking a risk or yourself, this card indicates that you should probably go for it because there is riches on the other side. And not just physical riches, not just material things, but fulfillment. And love so the third card is another amazing card. It is the world. Like we got such wonderful cards. Okay. The world is the last of the major arcana. And basically you start with the fool. You don't know where you're going. You're fumbling. You're falling off a cliff. And the world is signaling completion. And that was my interpretation, a <laughs> small little bit. Now, we're going to talk about what the book says. The world or universe, the final card in the 22-card sequence of the major arcana, represents successful completion. Along with the sun, it is one of the most positive cards in a reading. It brings the respect and acknowledgement of those who have witnessed your effort. I'm going to spin this not in a romantic way, honestly. I want to spin this on... Like what we all yearn for nowadays, an audience, some social media love, some attention from people who see us, know us, love us for who we are, which in turn will make us money, right? Like we need some true fans out there in the world to be able to actually sell our product, our services. So I think the world here is signifying the love that we need and that we are going to receive for our efforts made in our creative pursuits. The upright meaning is obviously completion. It reveals success and a special reward. One part of your life is reaching a natural conclusion and you are primed with every energy and optimism about the future. It didn't say every energy and about the future. This is time to take an essential step into the wider world. This can be expressed through the opportunity to explore, explore literally by traveling or by embarking on a new direction in your profession or creative venture. Your lifestyle can change as from now on you move on to even greater success and enjoy a way of being that embraces all that you desire. Completion and reward also bring opportunities for togetherness and celebrations. Isn't that amazing, guys? Like that's the best tarot reading we could have had today after talking about we talked about what we talked about. There's a little tidbit on the world. It is apparently associated with the planet Saturn. 
the astrological taskmaster. Saturn is concerned with objectivity and duty and working within recognized boundaries. The world card shows that you have completed your work in a way that others can recognize and reward. Wow. Okay. So when I look at the full reading, I see, you know, a creative master going and making amazing things and all the luck shining upon you, all the just everything lining up and you finally receiving the attention and love you desire and you so deserve for showing your authentic self, putting your authentic world, authentic work out there you will finally gain the audience and the true fans you deserve. How's that? How's that for a reading? Okay, I put a bit of a spin on it. But hey, that's what tarot readings are all about, right? If that didn't make you energized, I don't know what will. Okay, I think it is time to wrap it up on that wonderful uplifting note. Thank you for being here with me, listening to me talk on and on about things that I sure hope will inspire you, uplift you, give you hope and energy for the days to come. I know we live in a weird time right now and we are all full of fears about the future, about today, about um, what might happen. But, but you have to sink back to your own present, to your own life and see what's good. Be grateful and still have hopes and dreams because otherwise we're all going to go crazy. So please take a deep breath, meditate, do a few stretches, find your center and go do something creative because you deserve a 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes whatever, as long as you can spare, creative break, doodle, write a poem, dance a little, do something that makes you feel good and hopeful. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day, night, week, and now go get creative, why don't you? Talk to you guys next week.